Hey, 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 it is Wednesday, October 20th, 2021. Bill Furman did not enter the studio, but he will do so a little bit later on. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorn and Allstate Insurance, Dave Lavoy and Company in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I'm Chet, Jim Chesko. Uh, Bill Furman will, he tells me, make an appearance in the second half of the show. And I hope he does because there's plenty to talk about. The Eagles, well, they stand at two and four with a first ever visit to Vegas this weekend. The Flyers are a couple of games into their season, one shootout loss, one solid win. And yeah, the Sixers are tipping things off this evening, a new season amid all the Ben Simmons drama. Never a dull moment on the Philly sports scene. And speaking of never dull, I got a very special co-host joining me this week. He is a stats guy. He's a former Philly Daily News writer and reporter. He is a longtime Philly sports fan. We call him Boop. He's also known as Bob Vatrone Jr. And there he is. Hey, Boop, thanks for helping us out this week. Hey, Jim, here trying to get ready to do my best Doc Severinsen impersonation. <laughs> hey, oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, Boop. We got a good one tonight because it is the Sixers tipping off their season in just about an hour down in New Orleans. And uh, we have a great guest joining us because, well, she has covered the Sixers for some 24 years, I believe. Was there when it all started, Comcast Sportsnet uh, in 1997. And she's been around the NBA for, I guess, 30 years. So she knows it all. Let's bring her on. You know her. You love her. It is her 17th time on the show, believe it or not. It's D-Line. Do you know Boop? Oh, absolutely. Everybody but, knows like, Boop. Given the, of course. Given the, Welcome given to the, the Apple stats of... Welcome to the from the Basketball Tree show, D. This is true, Boop. This is true. But given the stats of 24 years and 30 yeah. years of the NBA, it's uh, starting to make me feel a little up there in years. Uh, not 30-year-olds... <laughs> D, it was great seeing you at uh, 97.5's Fan Fest yeah. in September. That yep. was awesome. And let's get right into it. The first question everybody wants to know, D, how was your golf today? <laughs> I did not get to play today. Oh Work is God. getting in the way. I Such know, a beautiful day, too. It was. But wow. uh, I'm teaching a couple of classes, and one of them was an eight-week course, and they had their final exam uh on monday and so wow. those grades are due <laughs> i got so you. i had a, i had a forego uh golf um and there was a lot going on with the sixers and i had to do oh, really? some editing <laughs> yeah so something going on with the golf sixers will, yeah, yeah it is yeah. it is opening night and yeah we got to talk right off the bat about ben simmons we're not going to talk the whole time about number 25 but uh, what is the latest? Is he ever going to play another game for the Sixers? Are they just going to keep suspending him, you know, every other day? Or what's going to happen here? Yeah, I, I think how it unfolds uh, will remains a little bit to be seen. But I don't believe he'll ever put on a uniform that says Sixers again. That, that I think, is pretty certain. Um, I think in terms of what their options are of how they want to handle this, you know, if you send him home and you don't want him around the team, period, then you're paying him. And so what they did the other day is allowed. 
Um, and they can do that on a behavior basis of now they won't practice tomorrow. They're playing an eight o'clock game in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So wipe out all the people who think tomorrow something's going to happen. It's not. Friday would be the next opportunity. And I think Doc kind of laid the groundwork, which I'm assuming is the organization's standpoint. We will always welcome him back. And so I think he will have the opportunity to show up at shoot around for Friday's game. Now, because he hasn't played, if he shows up and he actually is a willing participant because he doesn't want to get knocked that kind of $330,000 again for Friday night's game, he wouldn't have to play in the game. He'd have to just be a willing participant in the, in the shoot around. I don't even think that will happen. I think, and I do think the Sixers will play the dance at least Friday and before they send him home uh, for good at some point. And, and I do that based on talking to other general managers who, you know, you can do this. And then eventually, if you give him what your guidelines are and he doesn't want to abide by them, now you can suspend him for like, say, 10 days. And then that goes to an arbiter at some point. And I think the organization would feel good enough about their chances of winning that battle with an arbiter uh, if, if, it, if it came down to that. But I do think they will play the dance a little longer of welcoming him, him back. Uh, let's just say, Chet, if they win tonight, there's no reason to not, you know, we're fine without you, but like mm-hmm. make it more uncomfortable for him. Why do we have to pay, right? And so yep. I think that's the way you do it. Oh. How important is it to the team that the coach is a well-seasoned coach when something this comes like this comes up, who's been around the block for decades, as opposed to if they have maybe gone out and gotten like a Jay Wright when they needed to hire a guy who doesn't quite have 30 years of dealing with well, players when something like this yeah, pops up? Sure. Well, I think all people, coaches – you know, uh, how you do your job or how I would approach something that's difficult in the job. I think your personality plays a fact. And then your resume plays a fact. I think a lot of people look to who Doc was as a player and, like, he would be the kind of player that would have gotten in the face of somebody who is ignoring their responsibilities. He was also a player who held out on a contract. And I thought that was very good of him to be forthcoming about that, you know? So um, now the money wasn't what it is today. And he didn't have a, he didn't have a uh, recently signed max contract that still has four years on it. Um, So I think, I think it's more than just doc. Uh, I think at this point, moving forward, when your season starts tonight, it would behoove the organization if Daryl Morey was the one who, if in fact they want to like continue to try to have him be around enough because he wants to get paid, uh, I think it's Daryl Morey's job to tell him these are the ground rules and, and take Doc out of it. Doc has to run a team. The decision Doc made the other day was because he thought of the greater good for the group. Uh, and he had somebody who was being defiant quite frankly. So uh, I think it's the combination at this point that, you know, you need your front office with you 
and you absolutely need to have a game plan as a group. And I think they do. I think they already know what they're doing. Good. The most of this, of course, is Ben Simmons' own fault, I would say. But uh, does the Sixers organization bear some responsibility here in their handling of it or not? Uh, I don't think in the part right now, if you want to say that he was coddled along the way, yeah. maybe that's part of it. But I, honestly, Chet, I, I'm just saying from being around the guy that I think his personality is such from day one, there was like a little bit of, and I, uh, I'll use the word because it's all I know, arrogance to him. Mm -hmm. And there was also always a feeling that he didn't totally want to be here. And I think the other part of him is, again, it goes back to personality. He's not, you know, I watched, um, because I do a lot of editing now and I was watching a documentary on AI and, you know, like just look at somebody's eyes, right. Or when they make a play and like, it's so good, right. There's a lot of times you see Ben, there's nothing in the eyes. There's standing around, which is okay. I get it that like, he thinks he can do something in a spurt, but I never get that. Um, like, in the moment, I'm going to go get it, put it on me, I'm that winner. I I don't, I've never felt it. I know I can look at stats. I know he's a three-time All-Star. I know where he finished in the defensive player of the year voting. I know all that. But at the end of the day, I also have to take a pulse. Are you a winner or are you not? And I say, no, not, not, not when it matters. Oop. You know, you mentioned that, and that's funny because when this all happened and one of the first things to come out was the phrase, he didn't want to play in front of Philly fans again. And as part of me, I always thought that Ben Simmons really didn't want to play in front of Ben Simmons some nights. You know, he passes up dunks. He makes passes. You know, he doesn't shoot nearly as much. Um, He's not a guy. It's like he's almost there because he's getting paid. That's not every night. I mean, obviously you don't rack up triple doubles unless you want to be there. But as soon as he mentioned that phrase, I thought about he not, him not wanting to play in front of himself some nights. Am I misreading that or? No. Uh, and first of all, he flirts with a lot of triple doubles. His, it, the number for his five years is actually, I mean, it, it, it's a good one, but it's not, I think he has 14. If I'm, I'm not going to, it, it's 12 to 14. But he's the guy who flirts more than he gets. Um, so that would be that. I think he's defiant in that he truly believes that the way he plays the game is is at a high level that does not have to be altered. You know, if you looked at Giannis last night, I mean, this is like such polar opposites. This guy has added something to his game. Well, he's added something to his game every year that he comes back. And and how, so that's when I say mm-hmm. it comes down to a personality part to this guy. Um, yeah, so I don't know the part of how he felt in terms of being fragile uh, in the post, after the postseason or during it. I don't know. I mean, he definitely was experiencing terribleness at the foul line he was in his third postseason of where he flat out would not shoot in a half court 
and he doesn't really shoot in the regular season, but that does not hurt his team, nor does it hurt his stats. So that's the other tricky part to them doing this trade. Somebody is taking a big-time risk. If you are a team that is not a playoff team, you'll do it because he'll help you get to the playoffs. And then you might be willing for these next couple of years to be okay building on that. But a team that's a contender doesn't want to touch this guy because how, how is it going to be any different for you unless you are the one, every, and it only takes one, as my dad always says, the one that thinks you're going to be the one who changes him. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying there's been a lot of years, there's been enough data changing him and his postseason performances. I wouldn't bank on it for this year, and I'm inheriting a $147 million contract mm-hmm. with a guy who's also disgruntled and has shown he doesn't want to change. It is a messy situation for sure. Let's get away from Ben for a few minutes at least. Uh, The Sixers, as we said, tipping off their season tonight. The home opener is Friday night. Assuming we don't have Ben Simmons in the lineup anytime soon, I don't think we ever will. I agree with you. Uh, What is the lineup going to look like? I'm going to put the roster up here for those who can see it. It's alphabetical. What's the starting lineup? Who are the key rotation guys this year, D? Well, tonight is the most important part, which, by the way, you know, the Pelicans don't have Zion. I think that's right. significant. Um, Brandon Ingram, I think, will play well tonight, but he did uh, miss three preseason games be- with an injury. He His was a, a sore knee. <coughs> so I'll be interested to see uh, how he plays. So I anticipate I'm going to miss one guy's name because I don't have it in front of me, but I'll, I'll, you can help me out because you can read that roster. Uh, it'll <laughs> be Brandon Ingram. It'll be uh, Jonas Valanciunas, who signed a two-year extension this morning, by the way, and who has always played Joel Embiid very well. Uh, to be honest with you, they've met seven times in the regular season. He's never met him in the postseason because he wasn't on that Raptors team we faced, but Literally, they're almost identical stats when the two of them have met in the past. Now, we'll see. The last, last year he was Memphis, so he was in the Western Conference. Uh, but anyhow, Jonas will be in the middle. Uh, you will have Nick Alexander. Uh, see, I don't NAW. care about them. Tell me about the Sixers roster, the Sixers Oh, starters. the Sixers lineup. Yeah, oh, my that's God, I got I'm up sorry. There. Come on. Oh, I can't see that. I have a small screen. Sixers, I know. it's easy. It's it's Tobias, Joel, Danny, Green, Seth, and Maxie. There you go. And who's coming off the bench? Who are the three or four key guys off the bench? Drummond, who else? Well, Shake, Shake is out because of a sprained ankle. Thibel is back, but we'll see how much his shoulder is bothering him or not. He should be your first guy off the bench. Um, as you mentioned, Drummond is obviously you know that that to me is a really solid upgrade and i love dwight um but i think drummond will be even better um and then after that you know a guy like an isaiah joe who had a really good preseason if he can give you scoring yeah if he can give you scoring i see the possibility of him you know coming off your bench and giving you a rotation minutes there uh, I, I think Danny Green's minutes will be lower this year. The guy's, I think, 34. Uh, I'll be interested if they put him on Brandon Ingram to start the game. Uh, you could give it to Tobias, I guess. 
I don't know. But that's really where you're going to see the biggest adjustment for this team starting tonight. I mean, you had a no-brainer that if Ben were here, Ben comes out, he's going to guard Brandon Ingram. Instead of automatically being able to do that, you're now, you know, figuring it out, so to speak, and you don't have a guy of his length and capability where he can go one through four, you know, he says one through five. Generally speaking, he doesn't guard the center ever um, unless they go to small ball. Uh, and I think the other thing that's important is Max Maxi. there is no backup point guard. So you're going to have either Seth, Tobias, a combination of the two of them when Maxie's not on the floor. And you, ha- you better hope that Maxie doesn't get in foul trouble, isn't turning the ball over, and can play like 35 minutes. I mean, I think that's what you need tonight out of him. So the one good thing is I think Devontae Graham is going to start on the other side. They're a young group. They're they're figuring it out. And they have a first-year coach in Willie Green, who I will pull for always. I love him as a player, um, except for tonight. <laughs> you mentioned Maxi D. Refresh me last, last year in the Hawks series. He's got a lot less minutes in the middle of the series. Was he injured and I don't remember it? Or was it matchups? Or why did he not get on the court that often in those four games? So I would have to pull up the game by games, but I felt like it went back and forth between him and Shake of getting minutes. Shake had that one really good, I want to say it was game two, where Shake came off the bench. He had only played 30 seconds in the one before. It could have been game yes. three. Boop, don't, don't. It's one of the two of them. And he scored, he had two threes in yeah. two minutes of being on the court. And now Shake gets the more minutes the next time. And I felt like they went back and forth that way with the two of them based. And then as they get into a real tight series, now they're playing their guys as much as they can and utilizing their bench as little as they could. And he had a big game six. So to get them to game seven. He did. He did. Um, I want to say that was a big lead also though, right? Was that right or no? They had a lot of big leads. <laughs> they didn't hold. Yeah. Um, two that didn't hold for sure yeah two for sure um but i would say it was more uh youth you know rookies they i'm not going to say that's not a brick wall situation i think that it becomes less affordable for them to make any mistakes and when they do so they can have a really good game and now you think he's capable of playing 25 minutes and the coach is like nope because that's going to expose him because he will be exposed. So, and I think a lot of that has to do with having been around. Doc would say that's what generally happens. Now, would it have? I have no idea. But I think that's that's where that comes from. The leash gets a lot shorter. I do find myself coaching differently from the bar than I do from the sidelines. So, yeah, I understand. <laughs> Dude, what's the outlook now for the, the Sixers, assuming they don't make a trade anytime soon and they have to go with what they have? Uh, are they like a middle seed, fourth or fifth seed at this point? Uh, well, I would say their schedule will impact that, right? Um, I think there are some winnable games in these first five, but there's some that we like, like somebody chalked up for sure. They beat the Knicks for sure. They beat the Knicks. I don't know that that's true. I mean, the Knicks, you know, they consider themselves now back 
in the playoff picture. They're not they're They have no intention of going backwards. Um, so a lot obviously lies in that point guard position. I would feel a little better if Shake were available. I don't know when it'll be available and not because Shake can save the day, but I would like the manpower of two as opposed to one. And if somebody is struggling, the other guy could pick it up for you. Got it. Oop. Dean, nobody plays 82 games anymore. The Sixers haven't a guy hadn't had a guy play a full season since 2013. No NBA champion has had a player play 82 games since 2016. So that's out the window. How many games? What's a, an effective uh, number of games for you in your mind for Joel Embiid to play this year, knowing he's not going to play every night throughout the season? Uh, I would, uh, barring injury, I wouldn't want him to miss more than 15. Okay. So 67. Sounds good. Uh, D, who comes even out of the East? Even 70, you know, I, I think he's capable of that. I'll take but 64 I will say, 65. But, but here's the deal. When when you have an Andre Drummond who averaged a double-double last year, now I don't know what happened at the end there for him and with the lakers because i if i'm not mistaken i think he did actually get benched in one game i don't know uh, I, I wasn't privy to what happened but i do know i liked what i saw in the preseason from him i love his demeanor when you talk to him this is not an angry person this is a guy who wants to be here and i think that this is like maybe the third backup center they've had for joel that is an upgrade from the one before yeah. so because you have that, I would say to you the number, except for the fact that Joel wants to win the MVP at some point here, because you have to play to win that award. Otherwise, I would say it's a capable position to be in to rest that guy more than not because of having Drummond there. So, Absolutely. or maybe what they do so you get the rest. But he plays the games, and he has enough nights where he has big numbers early enough that you can play drumming bigger minutes, and that you're resting him by not sitting him out entire games, but you're sitting him in games. D, I got to go back Understood, to Simmons for uh, just a second. Uh, what is most likely to happen now? Will he be traded, do you think, by, say, November 1st, by Thanksgiving? What's most likely to happen, and what kind of return will they get for him? So the the when of it is probably the hardest thing to figure. Um, I mean, I went back from, again, Iverson demanded his trade in season. Ben has asked for his trade a couple of days after they played game seven. So if you just wipe out that it didn't happen in the off season and go to now, you know, it took them two weeks to trade Iverson from the demand. And they had to hit, they had to send him home from practice four days mm -hmm. into his demand. So it was like 11 days after that. Um, I feel like you could do something in that two-week range. I think with Harden, because the season started in December, and he, I believe, was traded in January. So that's a little longer 
than the two weeks that Iverson's was. But I think you got you're gonna have to wait this out. It could be a month for sure. And then if if Daryl doesn't like what he has there, then he is waiting for that December fifteenth date that allows those who signed free agent contracts this off season to also be available to be traded. So if 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 it feels like it's dragging, it means he doesn't like what's still on the table and yeah. he will wait for a bigger crop. Gonna be interesting for sure. Uh D, we're out of time, it's believe a shame it or not. For people like you. Yeah, boop. Go ahead. Shame for people like D who want to cover the sport yet have to cover so much of the front office litigation, players complaining, <laughs> when can they trade, what's the contract look like stuff. It, it, you don't grow up wanting to cover that as a young journalist, and it ends up being half the job these days. Oh, it definitely does. But you know what? If they win a couple of games here, I do believe people will start talking about them winning and say, you know what, I hope Ben, are you watching at home? You know, hey, there's a pretty good team here. So. I mean, I think they, Winning they can't win a they championship without them. Yep. Wins are always a good thing. Well, D, we know you're a 97.5 on uh, most weekends. Yep. Uh, you're doing G League stuff or D League, G League, whatever it's called these days. Yep. Uh, what else you got going on? Uh, Princeton basketball? I got Princeton is back. I have the nice. MAAC uh, doing a lot of Mammoth games. And um, and I'm doing some stuff with uh, Parks Casino. They started a media outlet, That's and right. so I'm I'm their uh, basketball person for that. So you, Natalie, fun. and Sam, right? Yeah, and Rich Gannon is uh, joined us for football. Nice the token um, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, the token uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, Chad, I'm always teaching the uh, younger people. I'm trying to bring yep. bring some journalists up in. Uh, for the next generation so i love it all yeah. right great great to see you again d you as well i'll see you both enjoy uh, the season somewhere down the road absolutely thank you bye d hang in there d all right boop always great to talk to d and you know what else is good to talk about insurance and we're going to do that right now um boop we're going to talk about all state insurance which has something new called a pay-as-you-go auto insurance. Yeah, if your couch is getting more mileage than your car, you know what I'm talking about. Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-per-mile insurance <coughs> gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent. And in Westchester, Pennsylvania, that is indeed Dave Lavoie. Call Dave at 610-430-0700. Once again, 610-430-0700. Do that and start to save more now that you are driving less. And right now, I got to hear from Merrill. Hi, football fans. This is Merrill Reese, and you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio. It's good. Always good to hear from Merrill. And, uh, you know, that reminds me, boop, we're going to talk a little football in a little bit. But before we do that, um, a month or so back, you sent me a bunch of envelopes with trivia questions inside. 
And I only That's where they only, went. I wonder where they were. I have them, yeah. And we only did two of them before, yeah. but we're going to do a couple tonight. And since okay. it is, of course, Sixers opening night, I'm going to make sure to grab one that is a Sixers thingamabob. But first, we'll do this one that says Eagles. And I have no idea what's inside. So let's open it up. And you know the answer, so you don't get to play. But It's been a month or so, so maybe I don't. That's true, yeah. All right, here's tonight's Eagles trivia question. The Eagles have scored two interception return touchdowns of 100-plus yards. Which player scored both of them? You're telling me it's the same player who scored both? Same player. Really? Yes. Ooh. Uh, I can give you a quick hint if you'd like. Uh, he played within the last 25 years. Is that correct? Correct. I'm going to take a guess. Go ahead. I'm going to say Lido Shepard. Yeah. Very good. To be, it was Boz Skaggs' favorite eagle. So yeah. you got it. Lido. Oh, I knew he had the one against yeah. Dallas, correct? Is that right? I believe that's correct. Yes. Yep. And they were both at the link. How about that? Yeah. I'm trying to confirm just by opening this up. And it says Lido Shepard, a 101 yarder in 2004, 102 yarder in 2006. There you yeah. go, Lido Shepard. Yeah. I did well. You did. Now, can I, can I get 100%? Sixers. That Bill guy is dragging you down. You, you, you're fine. He's the one. That's I, know, I know. I yeah. know. Let's see what we got in this one. I love the Sixers, man. What do you think of the song? 10, 9, 8, 76. Are you a fan of that? I love it the moment I heard it when I was 11 years old or whatever. We've been 13 years old back in the day. Uh, we will hear that later on in the show. Absolutely. I've got it Ooh. downloaded somewhere on my computer. This is an interesting one. Who holds the Sixers Nationals? That would be the Syracuse, Syracuse Nats, because that's who they were before the Sixers. Who holds the franchise record for most seasons averaging 10-plus points a game? So you're looking mm -hmm. for a double-figure scorer and the most seasons doing that. So logic <laughs> tells you it's a guy who played a long time with the franchise. Uh, and the first one that immediately comes to mind for me would be that Hal Greer. I, I don't remember the answer to tell you the truth. <laughs> I know he's the all-time leading franchise scorer. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know if he's the answer to this one, too. Because wow. I've done other trivia questions in the last month since then. So if I don't remember exactly. Uh, before I look up, at the yeah, answer, who else could it be besides Hal Greer? Uh, I don't think anybody played you know, that long who was a great scorer, double-digit scorer. So... Boy, if it's somebody besides, I mean, because Iverson didn't play near as long as Greer. No, no, I don't think it's got to be. Have, that's my final my answer. Final answer, Regis. Okay. Hal Greer, fourteen. Okay, there you go. I'm going to. I'm going to the head. The other of guy I thought guy. it might have been was Dolph Shays, but he's obviously the answer to something uh, else. That is true. Yes, Dolph Shays. That's a little before my time, and I'm old. Ah. All right. <laughs> Boop, you watching any Flyers yet? They're off to a 1-0-1 start. Game three tonight. 
they really only had one bad period that middle period of the opening game when they gave up four yeah. goals so they got three out of a possible four points they got two more home games before hitting the road so i guess so far so good all things considered yeah and i always worry about their scoring they had real long droughts last year where they couldn't put anything up on the board they've scored four goals plus in their first two games of a season now three straight seasons they hadn't done that in any season since 1993. So I like that they're getting the goals. I like that it's seven different guys. Um, they're spreading it around. They seem to be to have more weapons at their disposal from all over the ice than they have probably in the last couple of years. Um, I would like to see Carter Hart play a little bit better, the whole defense play a little bit better. But, you know, they held the expansion team to one goal, so I guess we can hang our hat on that. Um, but we'll see as it plays out. Out pretty good, uh, interesting game tonight with Boston. Yeah, and Hart did make some nice saves in that second uh, game too, including a big one early on to uh, you know keep it scoreless. So, yeah. and hopefully he's going to rebound. I think he's got to be better this year than he was last year. We certainly hope so because they need a good goaltender. That's been a problem for many, many years, and hopefully he is the long-term answer. I still believe in him. And as you said, yeah, yeah a lot. It's great to see the the scoring at least so far in these first couple of games. That was a problem last year, as was the power play, and uh, that's looking a little better. So I'm yeah. optimistic. I'm optimistic. Yeah. The captain's scoring goals the first two games. That's big, too, because he's you know, he, he's had long droughts over the last couple of years where he couldn't twin, twinkle the time. So we like to see that happening for the big guy. And, you know, it was funny. Even in the first game, uh, you had people on social media bashing him in the second period because he hadn't done anything yet. <laughs> Philly fans are a little impatient, Boop. You think? <laughs> Just a little. Well, I mean, it, it has been 46 years since they won a cup, so I guess there's that. Yeah. It, yep, absolutely. <laughs> hey, let's, uh, let's go over and talk a little on. Phillies. Um, it's going to be a long offseason for the, the Phillies. That's the baseball team, right? I, sometimes. Uh, they got a lot of changes they have to make. A lot of guys aren't going to be back. What is the key for them this offseason, do you I, think? My key is to forget about a lot of the analytics. I'm not a big analytics guy. I'm an old-time guy, and not every player is the same number on a sheet. So I think you have to go back a little bit and, and play to each hitter's strength. They changed the batting coach, and I think maybe that's a little bit more of a way to go. Um, you know, everything can't be strikeouts and home runs. There is a, a slot for small ball. There is a slot for speed. Those may be coming back a little bit more. I'd like to see them play a little bit more 1980s, 1990s baseball than 2020, where it's, you know, uh, two walks, a hit batsman, and a home run. Yeah, I'm with you on that front for sure. Uh, I think one key for me is to figure out what they're doing at shortstop because I don't think they can live with Didi for another full season. So either decide if Bryson Stott is ready or – something make a trade for a one-year guy until he is ready i think that's going to be a key and they got to get alec bohm straightened out I, I think they should keep him at third base um and just continue to work on him with the fielding and get his mechanics hitting back to where they should be he should be a power hitter he's a big guy he showed he had power his rookie year and then last year he was just you know kind of a, a singles hitter which you don't want for a power hitting third baseman yeah, they've had a bu bunch of Alex Bohms in a row that never materialized. You know, the, the guy that yeah. was touted in the, in the minor leagues that just never made it. 
uh, Darren Ruff for one, you know, other guys that came up and got a year, year and a half and just, just couldn't cut it. And they got rid of them. They need one of them to stick other than um, the Hoskins. So he needs to stick for himself as well as for the success of the team's minor league. Because if you keep bringing up guys that showed potential in the minor leagues and don't show it in the major leagues, there might be a problem on both sides. Interesting to see Darren Ruff helping out uh, San Francisco and Gabe Kapler yep. in the, the postseason. A couple of yeah, former I Phillies know. favorites. Yep, yep. It's, yeah, it's funny a lot of come around. A lot of things they have to figure out, including the outfield. You know, I don't think McCutcheon's coming back. Who knows about Herrera? Uh, we don't know if there's going to be a DH next year. Hey, by the way, where do you stand on the DH? Are you a fan of the DH for both leagues? A, 1A, I want the leagues to be the same. 1B is I'd rather there be no DH. I mean, I, I'm i an old-time baseball guy back to the 30s, so I've always grown up without the DH in National League City. I'm fine without the DH as long as it's in both leagues. Um, it's ridiculous that, you know, when they used to do the home games in the World Series DH and not in the visiting, you know, uh, they are getting rid of the extra runner. They are getting rid of the seven-inning um, uh, doubleheader crap. So, you know. Oh, is that I'm definite? Hoping, I, I thought I read that during the year, yeah. And if okay. I'm mistaken, I apologize. I don't know. Um, but as far as the DH, I was always that way as well, that I, I didn't like the DH. But I'm with you. I think they should have it the same for both leagues. But over the past year or so, I think I've come around to, yeah, it's time. Let's do the DH for the National League. I mean, that way it will be the same, and there's you know more of a fairness to the the two leagues. I'm on. I'm on board. I'm fine. That's good. All right. So yeah, going to be an interesting off season for sure. Um, Boop, I want to tell you about some of the other things we got going on on the Edge of Philly Sports Network. Look at this lineup of shows that we have. Um, this episode is being streamed live across Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and now on Twitch. You can also catch all the action on www.eopsports.com. Help us out. Hit those subscribe buttons. I asked you to do that last week, and it worked. We did get several new subscribers. We topped the 100 mark in subscribers. I was very excited about that. Hit the like buttons. Ooh. Always share with your friends and family. Hey, it's baby steps, Boop. Now, in addition to this great show, check out our affiliates, including the Broad Street Bully Podcasts. They release every Monday morning, usually at 9 a.m. Drew, Jeff, and Doyle talking Flyers hockey. Lax Philly, providing you with all your uh, Philly lacrosse coverage. Edge of Spill, uh, Philly Sport, not Spilly, Edge of Philly Sports Live. That's Joe, Freddie, and Big Al. They cover four for four and so much more Philly sports. Watch them live, usually Wednesdays at 9.30. Tonight, they tell me, though, they're going to wait till the Sixers game is over. That makes perfect sense because everybody wants to see that Sixers opener. So probably around 10, 20, 10, 30, they will go live, the Edge of Philly Sports Network uh, uh, signature show. And then you have Birds IQ, Kyle and Eric Quinn back with live shows. Thursdays at 7 p.m., lots of great Eagles talk there. And Saturday morning, start your morning off with TK and the guys, Mark C., James, Dave, Paul, and Damon. That is the Patterson Avenue Fanatics every Saturday, 9 a.m. Get your coffee and get your Philly sports talk on. There you go. All right. Now we are going to wait for Bill Furman to join us. I hope that he does because we got to talk a little Eagles football and then make our picks. Now, if Bill does indeed join us, we will get his picks. Let's see if he messaged me at all. Oh, he's sending me his picks. So maybe he's not joining us. And that would be a shame. Oh, no. Let's see. 
Bill checking in with my picks are blah, blah, blah. So we'll see if he joins us. Good chance I'm not getting on. Oh, so maybe not. We'll give him like two minutes, and then if not, we'll do our own picks. But first of all, let's talk a little Eagles between uh, you and me. We've been saying this all along. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Are they finally going to run the ball this week, Boop? You mean other than the quarterback? Other than um, the quarterback, yeah. Possibly. Yeah. I, uh, he's not going to do it early. He never does it early. Uh, I think it's three weeks in a row or two weeks in a row they've had more punts in the first half than runs to a halfback. Uh, the year before, the time before that, they didn't have any punts at all, so they couldn't do that. So he did pick it up a little bit in the second half, both these games. Maybe at some point it'll click to him. It's kind of like what I mentioned to D about the seasoning of the coach. And I mentioned this to you before. I really didn't like them getting a coach that had never been a head coach on any level. And I think the running game here is starting to see that. Um, you win by running the football. You control the, the the time, the game, and your offensive line would rather run block than pass block. So, you know, it's we'll see. I hope he runs a darn ball. I, I'm looking at our comments, and a couple of our uh, viewers did correctly guess Lito Shepard and Hal Greer. So congrats Great. to you guys. We don't have any prizes for you, but it's good to know that the mind is still working and you can remember these things. So that's Listening good. is the prize to this show. <laughs> exactly. I like the way you think there, Boop. And, yes, I do owe you a couple of beers now because I'm asking you for extra duty tonight. So we'll take care of that. We'll, we'll hit, hit uh, meet up at splits once again. I'll we'll talk about that in just a bit. Um, let's get to our picks because I don't think Bill is going to join us. Here's the sure. situation. Our NFC East predictions. Uh, first, we'll tell you how we did last week, and this is pretty <clears> impressive. <throat> in each of the four games involving NFC East teams, the favorites won. And we were all smart enough to go chalk <laughs> and pick the favorites. So we were a perfect 4 and all, all of us, last week. For the season, I'm still at the top of the heap. I'm 17-7. and seven. You guys got off to a little bit of a sluggish start, but you, Boop, are now 15-9, and nine, two games back. Bill is at 14-10, and 10, just three off the pace. We're only a third of the way into the season. Six weeks, they play 18 now total, 17 games, but 18 weeks. Right. And this week's games, we have Washington at Green Bay, Carolina at the New York Football Giants. And since the Cowboys have a bye, we're going to throw in the Sunday night football game. Carson Wentz in action once again. The Colts visiting the 49ers. That should be a good one. And, of course, our final game to pick will be the Eagles and Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I'm going to give you Bill's picks first since he texted them sure. to me just a short time ago. Bill said uh, the Colts. Wentz is playing real well, and they're running the ball well, too. So let's pick that one first. Bill says, Indy, what say you, Boop? San Francisco hasn't won a home game since last October 18th. Uh, Carson Wentz in his last road game threw for 402 yards, so it's Indy. And if you want to bet it, feel free to lay more than the three or three and a half they got out there now. I'm feeling dumb now because I took San Francisco. I'm not going to change it, despite what you just said. I think they're due. I think Wentz played real well this past week, but he's going on the road. I think he's due for a little bit of a clunker out in San Francisco. I'm taking the 49ers. All right, next up, Washington at Green Bay. The Packers, by the way, favored by nine and a half over the football team. Um, Bill picks, let's see. Got to be Panthers or uh, Green Bay, right? Let's see. Uh, the Packers, yeah. What do you say? You know, the Packers got a third opening year with a 35-point loss and now have won five in a row. Second NFL team ever to do that. Um, but their point totals dipped each of the last four weeks. So they're going to win. 
They may not be rolling up the points. So if you want to go with an under, feel free. All right. Carolina. Oh, I'm taking Green Bay, of course. I'm not that crazy. Carolina at the New York Giants. Panthers favored by only three or three and a half. That surprises me. The Giants are banged up. I know it's a road game for Carolina, and I know they have some injuries too, but I'm really surprised that it's only a three-point or three-and-a-half-point game as far as the odds makers go. Carolina is Bill's pick. Carolina is my pick. There you go. What's your pick, Bill? Boop. Panthers have already beaten the New York Jets, already beaten New Orleans. They're going to beat the New York Giants this week. And the New England Patriots in a couple weeks to come sweep. Um, the, the three that they're laying is not even close to what it should be against a Giants team that, that won by accident in their one, their one victory. So that they could win that by 17 easily. So I should probably put some money on the Panthers, right? Absolutely. Oh, if you haven't done everything I've told you so far this year, you're missing out. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Eagles and the LA Raiders or Las Vegas Raiders. Now it is uh, four o'clock this Sunday, I believe our time. 425. And what is it? 425. It's a doubleheader game. Okay. Um, oh, Bill says Eagles beat the Raiders. Eagles fans flooding Vegas. First full week after coaching change won't help. Birds win. What do you say? All good points. Um, the Birds lost to the Chiefs, but I think they've got the other three AFC West teams over the next four weeks. I think going to sweep the rest of the AFC West. Uh, the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Chargers. Um, and if you want to put some money down, Jalen Hurts run for two touchdowns last week. Third time in his last seven games, you could get some pretty good odds on him scoring multiple touchdowns, I'm sure, in this game. And you're taking the Eagles, for sure. Yes. I went back and forth on this one about five times, and ultimately I went back to my first decision, and that was Eagles 27-24. I think the fans are going to be a big help, too. It's going to be crazy out there. People partying in Vegas all weekend. I'm going to take the birds by a field goal. For the record, you know, the Eagles since 2016, 15 games over, 500 when Lane Johnson plays, 10 games under when he doesn't play. Uh, he appears to be back. Thank goodness he's doing okay. And uh, if he plays, it's a big difference. And the fans don't – you remember the game in Miami? It was about 15, 20 years ago when the fans took over the stadium. Yeah. I'm not sure that that's not going to happen out there to, here too. I'm excited. Yeah, it's great to have Lane Johnson – we think back, he is practicing on a limited basis. I think he's going to be in the lineup on Sunday. Absolutely, Hopefully, yes. Brandon Brooks comes back soon as well. That'll be great. Yeah. And uh, boy, yeah, they all the best. To Say what? Yeah. What was that again, Boop? Uh, they got dinged on those lines early on, and it's one of the re probably the main reason for the record being what it is. You, know, you mentioned yeah. earlier their first game ever in Las Vegas. It's also their first game ever in Nevada, even including preseason games. In fact, including preseason games, Eagles will have played in 33 states after Sunday night. <laughs> that leaves how many that they haven't played in, Jim? I'm going to say 17. Very good. <laughs> I was pretty good in math. <laughs> A plus. Oh, D just gave you an A plus. There you go. Yeah, she's doing the grades today. Thank yeah. goodness. Hey, Boob, I don't know if you ever uh, saw me do this, but every once in a while on our show, I do this where I get the bell and I go. And that means it's time for a random chat segment. And okay. there were a lot of different names for this. Um, I forget what they were, but we settled on random chat. I think another one was chat happens. You know, you, you get the, the drift of that. 
Chet Mix? That too, yeah. That could, that could work. Anyway, um, a brief random Chet scoop, but don't go anywhere because this one is going to focus on you. A couple of quick hitters, quick hitting questions to help folks learn a little bit about Bob Vitrone Jr. Since you're here with this expanded visit tonight. Now, don't be nervous, Boop. You can handle this. I'm not. All right, I'm only nervous question. if I can't hear you. <laughs> yeah, that is a problem. Uh, your first question. You told me this a few months back, but nobody else was there except you and me and the bartender. How'd you get the nickname Boop? When my father was doing the analyst uh, TV gig for the Sixers back in the early 70s, uh, one of their slogans for those years was the Sixers have hoopla. I was such a big fan because my father worked for the team. So my friends started calling me hoopla, then took the B from Bob and, and subbed it in for the H to make it boopla. And that obviously shortened to boop occasionally. So I'm basically boop now. Uh, when I was in high school, some girls I knew that were taking French uh, translated it into Buqua, but that didn't stick. <laughs> Buqua. No, I'm glad that didn't stick. All right. In addition to our Philadelphia Eagles, who I assume you like at least a little bit, you're a longtime fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. Why? Uh, Christmas Day, 1971, I was going over to my uh, cousin's house to watch, to have Christmas dinner. And um, <clears throat> instead of playing with my cousin Danny like I normally did, I just went right to the basement. I sat down to my Uncle Al and watched the double overtime uh, AFC divisional playoff game between the Dolphins and the Chiefs. The Chiefs lost in double overtime. John Stenerud missed a field goal in overtime, missed a field goal at regulation. Uh, Ed Polak set a playoff record for most yards from scrimmage. It was just a great game. I felt so bad that the uh, Chiefs lost that I became a secondary fan of theirs uh, right behind the Eagles, and I got real lucky because – they went 20 years without playing each other. So I never had to make a choice as to who I liked better for those two decades. You know, we are both old. Cause I remember watching that Christmas day game as well. 50 year anniversary this coming uh, December. How about that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Number three, give me a favorite sports memory from your youth. Other than that one. Uh, I'm always, I always talk about the Villanova Georgetown game, but not the one you think uh, in 1983 during Ed Pinkney's sophomore year, he had a 27.22 rebound performance at the Plester against Georgetown. <laughs> Pardon me. That was, and that team might've been the best Villanova team up until their 2018 team. Um, but it was a single game. wasn't a doubleheader. Everybody in the, in the stands was a Villanova fan. Uh, it was just a phenomenal game. Dray McLean blocked. Um, I think Wingate shot at the buzzer on the baseline to secure it. Um, and it was one of the games that proved that Villanova could beat Georgetown and they came back to help them later on in 85. But the biggest thing to me was my father was doing the game with Steve Fredericks on the radio, and I was their stack guy. So as soon as the game got over and the team goes into the locker room, my father says, go see if you can get Eddie to come out and talk. So I, I go in, I knock on the door. I think it was Mitch Brown and Gore answered, and I said, listen, can we get Eddie on the post-game show? Two seconds later, Eddie comes out. I drag him up to the to the uh, Palestra press row, the third row there, and he like plops down in front of my father and Steve, talking with about a thousand Villanova fans still around him, going over the last play and all. And I'm just standing back about three rows, just taking it all in. It was just, it's everything sports was meant to be, and uh, it was just, it was just the most fun. And I've had a million fun nights at the Palestra. That was absolutely one of the best ones. Awesome. I think I know the answer to this one, but your favorite musical artist or band 
Oh, I'm a big Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band uh, fan. Have been since oh, whenever the second album came out. Um, people that listen to me on the old Big Daddy Graham show or any other know that. Um, I also like Bob Seger. I'm a big Sticks guy. Um, I'll listen to almost any music, but I do mostly pop ESB uh, live CDs in my car, CDs, uh, MP3s on my phone and stuff. So if it's got E Street Band written on it, I'll listen to it. Nice. And it was 12 years ago tonight that uh, Bruce and the band did their final show at the Spectrum, and I was there. I was October there. Higher and higher. Higher and higher yeah, cover is an absolute about all-time that. Absolutely. All right, Boop. Relax for a minute. We're winding things down. Thanks for playing, by the way. Uh, we're winding things down for this week in the next few minutes. But let me tell you about next week's show. The Furminator Bill will be back. He promises me. And uh, because it'll be a few days before a big Penn State-Ohio State battle out in Columbus, <laughs> we're going to talk about that with this guy right here. It's the goon, Keith Conlon, a former offensive lineman on that great 1994 Nittany Lions team. Haven't talked to Goon in quite a while, so that'll be fun. Keith Conlon, always good. And just because I like beer, I'm going to have a little interview with the owner of a brand-new craft brewery in Morrisville, Pennsylvania, and that is this guy. His name is Michael Crossan. The brewery in uh, Morrisville, nice little tap room that he and his wife just opened last week, and it's got a great name, too. It's called the Bitchin' Kitten Brewery, so that's going to be fun. And, of course, we will have the latest on the Eagles, Sixers, Flyers, and everything else. Now, i got to tell you about the Raz Room, too, or Bill will get mad at me. So the Raz Room, the PPCC118 Raz Room, they post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They've continued to run out great autographed memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They have 11 line Razzes, mystery boxes, and now a memorabilia shop. Check out their Facebook pages. Like them or follow them. It's the PPCC118 Raz Room, PPCC118 Raz Room Shop on Facebook. All right, Boop, we are winding down, but you're going to give a parting shot tonight. What do you got? Well, you know, tomorrow for the, just the 25th time in history, we're going to have a sports equinox. And what that is is when the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, and the NFL all have live regular season or postseason games going on. Um, it used to happen very rarely. It has happened quite a lot recently, at least once over each of the last seven years. Um, but it's a fun thing to do, especially if you're gambling. You can have some four-sport parlays and stuff. There's a couple other uh, dates throughout the uh, remainder of the baseball playoffs where it could happen. Um, but the dates and when they were and what the possibilities, that'll all be on my Twitter feed at Boop Stats. Uh, but it's a thing. It became a sports equinox. Um, if you don't know what it is, check it out tomorrow and uh, root for a team in each of your favorite sports. I love it. All right. Now, for me, my parting shot, Boop, as we've noted, um, Ben Simmons right now may be one of the most hated athletes in Philadelphia ever. Congrats, Ben. He brought most of that on himself, but I'm not even talking about Ben here. No, I'm instead going to talk about a guy who gets it. Now, former Eagle, Zach Ertz. Last year, Zach wanted a new contract. It didn't happen. But no, number 86 didn't publicly bash the organization. And surprisingly, he ended up back with the Birds this summer. He came in. He honored his contract. He practiced hard. He played hard during his final six games as an Eagle. He is now a bird of a different color, traded to the Arizona Cardinals right after last Thursday's loss to the Bucks, And he went out with class, I think in talking about the Eagles and their fans 
in a Friday news conference. These people love their team. They love the Eagles. They love their players. Just the city loves their players. And they want to see us succeed as much, if not more, than we, than we want to succeed. And so for me, that's just it's what I loved about this place. And I loved it here. I did the best I could every day. And I can leave knowing that. Yeah, so there was that. And then in Tuesday's Inquirer, we got a full-page thank-you note from Zach Ertz. He thanked the Eagles organization and especially all the team's fans for their support over his nine years as an Eagle. Very classy on the part of Zach Ertz. Take note to that, Ben Simmons. All right, Boop. Did you have fun tonight? Absolutely. Always enjoyable. Good deal. All right. With that, we're going to wrap things up for the week. We'd like to thank tonight's special guest, D. Lynham, and my fantastic guest host, <laughs> Bob Vitrone Jr. Boop. Check him out. Boop Stats on Twitter. Uh, great job, Boop. Our sponsors also, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC118 Razroom, and Dave Lavoie at Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Bill Furman and Boop, we hope you enjoyed the show and will join Philly Press Box Radio one week from tonight. That is October 27th at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook or listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com. We're on blogtalkradio.com. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Bullhorn, Spotify, all over the place high hopes philadelphia sports fans and uh, let's go watch some 76 there